Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts. Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, John and Neil and Roger and myself, Bob. Guys, how are you? Very good, Great. Bob. Thank how are you? Oh, good, thank you. Roger, I'm glad that you made it. I know you've been standing in line uh, all day long at the bank out there in California waiting to get out whatever money you can from the bank you're dealing with this week. Yeah, that guys, atmospheric river thing is more than just rain. It's people uh, making SVB right. branches all across the state. So. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. That is what we're talking about this week, of course. SVB and Signature Bank going down and what the significance of this is. We're going to dive into a lot of different aspects of this, how serious the whole thing is, how did this happen, why did this happen, what about the bailout of the – is this, in fact, a government bailout that's being done? And what should, if anything, the government be doing in cases like this? So we've got a lot to unpack as we go through this just to kind of catch everybody up on what happened. You have SVB. This is Silicon Valley Bank. This is a large regional bank that – uh, has a lot of the uh, Hollywood gazillionaires and production companies part of it. Also has a lot of big left-wing organizations that are part of it. But a lot of regular folks have their money in SVB as well. Well, anyway, they have gone down. Last Friday, regulators seized control of this bank and essentially shut it down. We're going to get into why this happened. There are a lot of decisions that they made that appeared to be thinking as though interest rates were just going to stay low like they were for a long time. And of course, interest rates have gone up under Joe Biden. Well, you, that ha that means you have to adjust your risk management. That means you have to adjust. You can't just be making a bunch of long-term purchases with a short-term mentality. And before you know it, what ends up happening is that the interest rates cause you to collapse. But we were told by the Biden administration, hey, this is just transitory. Don't worry about it. It's going to be temporary. So maybe the liberal left-wingers at SVB just assumed, hey, it really is transitory. Or maybe they were just too busy getting involved in their woke parties and global warming agenda kind of stuff and everything else and not paying attention to their financial health. Who knows? But we're going to examine all of that, try to find out what happened. The bottom line is that they are now out of business. And so what happens to the $175 million worth of deposits that are in there? Well, first Janet Yellen comes out and says there is not going to be a government bailout. And I'm thinking, okay, good. We don't need to go down this 2008 road again. But then the very next day, Joe Biden says, yeah, it's not going to be a bailout. Taxpayers aren't going to be on the hook, but we are going to make good everybody's deposit. Okay, that sure sounds like a bailout to me. However, the Biden administration says, yeah, but by the time we collect the assets, we think we're going to be able to make up the $175 billion from selling their assets. And so hopefully the government will be reimbursed. Any way you look at it, it's still a bailout, at least from my vantage point. I could be wrong about it, though. So we'll see what happens with it. But uh, I know some people say that the government 
can't just completely leave in a lurch those regular Joe and Mary lunch bucket people who are going to lose their their deposits, their investments. Well, hold on a second. FDIC already insures people up to a quarter of a million dollars. And so your average Joe and Mary lunch bucket don't have a quarter of a million dollars sitting in the bank. So your average person is covered anyway. The majority of the people that are getting covered here by the government and bailed out are the large multi-gazillionaire, mainly liberal left-wing organizations. So it does appear that the Biden administration is doing some favors for some of their big donors in a way that they just didn't really care that much about people like East Palestine, Ohio. So I I know it's kind of a cynical attitude that I have toward this, but let's start going around the table and getting some viewpoints from everybody. And John, maybe I can start with you. The libertarian in you has just got to be having your eye twitching about the idea of a bailout. Or am I looking at this wrong and just being too cynical and this is not really a bailout? President no. Biden says it's not. No, it's it's a it's a bailout. In fact, that you know, to add something to what you said a moment ago, they basically the FDIC made mention that you know not only is this bank going to be insured above the two hundred and fifty, but all banks are now insured above the two hundred and fifty. So the reality is, you know, to, to put stabilization to the banking world, they and, and again, this isn't anything that's become a law or anything along those lines. But they essentially said all depositors' money will be saved. You know, they've put they've put, you know, a fund together and I don't want to get all the details of that because it could bore everybody with how they're doing that. Essentially, and I had a big long conversation about this yesterday on air, the banks are the ones, quote unquote, flipping the bill. But as a businessman myself, I know that I as a business owner never absorb anything. All of that gets passed on to customers. So in the end, guys, we still right. pay, maybe not directly as a taxpayer, but as a customer of banks, you will be paying for this one way or the other. Trust me, it'll be in fees, it'll be Something along the line, we'll be making up the money that goes into the funds that bail out, in this particular case, Silicon Valley Bank. Now, a couple of things to note here. You know, The reason why they had to come in and step in as is there was a run on the bank. And for those of you that maybe don't know, a run on the bank is when all depositors or a lot of them are coming in wanting their money withdrawn from the bank at the same time. At one point, they were giving out $4.2 billion per hour. That's just mm. unsustainable. And, and I think the other thing most people don't know, I had listeners really that didn't know this, and I'm shocked at this actually. When you put your $1,000 in the bank, let's say, you don't have $1,000 in the bank. I mean, right. you do. It, it's earmarked towards you, but that money has been lent out 10 times over, right. so they can now loan out $10,000. So your $1,000 is really not in the bank. I mean, yes, if you want access to it and there's a few people per day that want that, then of course you've got access. But if everybody in the bank shows up at one time, which is what we call a run, no, there's not enough quote-unquote liquidity or cash on hand to handle all depositors. When that happens, in this case, the Fed stepped in. And there's two sides of this. Yes, there's a lot of woke companies that were out there that, in my opinion, got bailed out. And we can talk more about that and maybe what should have happened along with this bailout when it comes to those depositors. But keep in mind, there's also some, I'm guessing, very legitimate businesses and individuals that had money in the bank that want access to that. They've got to make payroll. They've got people relying on them to make that payroll and vendors that need paid and, and, and. And we can go down the list of things that happen inside of a business. So to just shut somebody's account completely off... And some would say, you know, I had this question yesterday.
yesterday. Well, what kind of a business keeps more than $250,000 in account? Very large businesses that have very large payroll right. have to be there. I mean, e even medium-sized businesses can can actually go over that 250 depending upon what your payroll is. So 250 anymore, guys, isn't, I know this sounds, I don't want to sound coy here, but 250 isn't a lot of money anymore. Wow. You know what? I, that's... Uh, what are you turning in your libertarian card or something? John? No, I just understand the business side and how many other people are relying on those individual businesses that will have a ripple effect across. Now, am I saying they should have bailed out the way they did? Absolutely not. I think in the case of woke companies, those that have all these diversity and, and, and environmental and, and on and on we go. I mean, all of the, all the nonsense. And this, and this particular bank, by the way, donated $74 million to Black Lives Matter as well. Right. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that just chaps my hide. We're doing all of that. We're giving out cash bonuses on Friday to employees of the bank. The executives of the bank weeks earlier sold off millions of dollars worth of stock. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the nonsense that shouldn't have happened. They should have had strings attached to that. Now, is that the depositor's fault that all of that happened? Of course not. No, uh, it's not the depositor's fault, certainly. But And you're right that people need to understand how it works when you put money in the bank. People think that, oh, well, the, okay, they got my money sitting somewhere in the back. No, it's not they in the don't. safe, folks. It's what, not right. in the safe. When you deposit money into bank, into a bank, that money basically goes under the operational cir uh, circulation of that bank in their investments, and in their purchases, and their uh, their their loans and such. So it basically goes into the circulation of that bank. And, and by the way, that's nothing new. It's been like that for a long time. Watch the hundred years plus. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a wonderful life, right? When they run on the bank there, and Jimmy Stewart's like, "Oh, your money's in Bell's house," and you know, it's right, like, right. It, it, that that is true. That's how banks tend to operate. Neil, uh, let me get your thoughts on this. Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. Some of your thoughts and, and observations about this whole thing. Well, for those who don't think that uh, $250 million is becoming more common, has never actually seen a pay stuff from Bob Duco. You know? 250000 right. Yeah, oh, 250000 <laughs> Yeah, that's or right. Or a million exactly. in your case, maybe. What are, you, what are you kidding me? I have my paper boy cash my paycheck. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's funny you mentioned the name, what was it, Joe and Mary Lunchbucket, and I just yeah. got to pause for a second because, I mean, we're – the reason we're allowed to talk about these kind of stories is because of our partners like uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. And I just want to say this for a minute because, you know, what really matters in these stories is Joe and Mary Lunchbucket. It's the average guy. That, and I'm, not, I'm sure that we're going to get into that because there's multi, you know, million and billion dollar corporations affected by what happens at the banks too. But what about average people? And, um, you know, it's those average people that are being affected by so many things, including policies of the Biden administration that deal with our personal lives. I don't know if I'm going to pause for a second here and just say on his very first day in office, uh, President Joe Biden issued an executive order redefining sex to include sexual orientation and gender identity. Three weeks later, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development issues a rule change requiring even religious schools to open girls' dorm rooms and showers to biological males. Yeah, so picture that. Your daughter goes off to Christian college and is forced to share a dorm room with a member of the opposite sex. Well, as you can imagine, that didn't sit well with faith-based faith uh, colleges and universities like College of the Ozarks. I'm not sure if you've even heard of it. It's a little school in Missouri, but they, they sued the Biden administration saying that the Constitution guarantees the rights of religious institutions to operate according to their beliefs. So they sued the Biden administration saying the Constitution guarantees the rights of religious institutions to operate according to their beliefs and protects all of us from this kind of you know, government overreach. But that's exactly when our partner Alliance Defending Freedom stepped in to help. And this is 
literally an ongoing battle. Just a couple of weeks ago, after a panel of judges at the Eighth Circuit Court dismissed the religious concerns argument, Alliance Defending Freedom petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court to review the lower court's decision. So, but think about this. Where do you and I turn when we realize that our own children are in danger? Our values and beliefs are considered illegal, and the biblical values of the schools that we send our kids to are being ignored, while Alliance Defending Freedom is working to make sure that our constitutional rights and freedoms are not being ignored. And they never charge a penny for their work. So what can we do? We can join in supporting Alliance Defending Freedom. And, and let's make sure that they have the means to fight for your rights and for mine. This goes way beyond College of the Ozarks. It's about every single one of us, our families, our children, and the faith that we hold dear. And giving, by the way, is really easy. We made it easy. Just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net or call 877-367-6461. Protect your God-given rights. Uh, let's do that together, 877-367-6461, or visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You know, talking about Joe and Mary Lunchbucket, uh, what about the little guy in all of this? I mean, we go to the bank, we put our money in, as John so aptly described, and we believe that when we need it, we're going to be able to get it out. Beyond that, it's the bailout thing. Like, wh how is this going to get fixed? And while Joe Biden claims this isn't a bailout, the money's coming from somewhere and we're going to pay it somehow, uh, as John also pointed out. So I think the little guy, again, is going to be affected by this. Sure, businesses will be, and that's going to put a strain on our economy, further strain. Um, but who's going to take care of the little guy in all of this? And of course, Joe Biden wants us to believe that, you know, the government isn't just printing money out of nowhere, but that's exactly what happened many times over during COVID and appears, appears to be happening again here. And I'm, obviously the federal government and, you know, bank regulators and others have to act somehow. A bank has failed and people are very seriously impacted by this. We don't want it to continue. We don't want to see other banks get involved as well. But somebody's got to do something that makes sense. And right now, I don't think the American people are getting the answers that they need. I think right. there's a lot more going on behind closed doors than any of us realize. Well, and one of the things we got to do, too, is we, as Christians, we want to be wise stewards with our money. And finances do matter. And, and actually, Roger, if I could ask you, because, you know, Dennis Wilson's one of the sponsors of this podcast. We appreciate that. And, and it seems to me that it's really important to have organizations like Wilson Financial to make sure that the people are wise and shrewd with with their money as well. It's not just about banks like SVB. The good news about what you talked about with Dennis Wilson is when you look at a situation like SVB, you've mm. got a bank that's got probably 90% of their deposit. This is tech sector people, right? I mean, these yeah. are, the, 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 and we talked about the woke ideologies and how they were, DEI and ESG was more important to them than actually, you know, turning a profit. But you think about the investments there, I mean, in 2009, you had Washington Mutual going under, and that was because of all the bad subprime lending, and we can understand how the ripple effect there. 2023, this is tech sector stuff, and these people have made investments in this bank, and when, you know, when the Fed raised the rates you know, from what quarter point to almost 5%, then all of a sudden they figure it out, okay, well, we're not going to get the same return here, so what do they do? They head for the door. I mean, they start taking their money out. If they start taking their money out and someone raised the, waves the red flag, then here come Joe and Mary Lunchbucket saying, I want my money too. And, you know, I think about Dennis often because, say, let's say you had $250,000 at SVB and you, you're, you're 
wondering what's going to happen with it. If you have that same investment with Wilson Financial, I can guarantee you, you're not going to lose any money. Your money's going to be completely liquid and you could have it in a real estate backed account that guarantees 6%. I mean, that's just one example of one of the ways that you can be a good steward with that kind of money. I know a lot of people will go to a place like Silicon Valley Bank that has 17 branches and you know it's it's the 16th largest bank in America for crying out loud. I mean, it, they build up their assets pretty quickly, but there's a ton of risk involved in it. And one of the things about being a good steward with our finances is saying, hey, we're going to eliminate that risk. I mean, you should be able to look at your retirement and say it's as tax-free as possible, if not nearly tax-free. It's secure as possible. And I can think of a half dozen investments you could do with Wilson Financial that have absolutely no risk of losing a penny of your return. I mean, that's why we've got the banner up at CrawfordMediaGroup.net for Wilson Financial Advisors, why you can call 800-696-9970, get the ball rolling with them. But, you know, Bob, it just, it really does drive home that point. The stewardship issue is huge when it comes to um, us and the body of Christ. And we want to be good stewards. We, we don't want to necessarily say, I'm only going to put my money in the four big banks. But at the same time, you know, if, if you take a risk like this, you have to be prepared for the fact that there might be, you know, some horrible, you know, undoing. And in these strategic times, the last thing we as Christians can do is play fast and loose with our money. Right. That's so true. And we want to use our money. Let's be honest. We want to use our money in a way that honors God, doesn't dishonor him. And that's one of the reasons why it does matter to me. Any companies that I do business with, what are the kind of things that they support? And you look at SVB, and they were obviously pretty left-wing, big Democrat donors, of course. And I know they're into the whole global warming thing, and uh, as well as the DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, ESG, environmental, social, and governance, and such. Uh, big DNC donors and Democrats, and that's the kind of thing that they do. Really well, quick, this Bob, is one let's of, not forget that that's the majority of their customers as well. A lot of these startups know, that they had I, were those types of companies also. I get that. I, you know, And you're absolutely right, John. And, and this is why I do believe it's important for us as believers in Christ to pay attention to you know, where our money is going and what types of businesses that we want to do business with. Now, you hear us talking about uh, Dennis Wilson Financial. Okay, You hear us talking about ADF. You hear us talking about Preborn. These are the kinds of of causes, I believe, and ways that we can use our money and spend our money that honors God. And preborn, just as a perfect example, you know what preborn does? They save babies' lives all across this country. They partner with pro-life centers to show ultrasound images of unborn babies to these expectant moms. And you know, when a mom sees a picture of her baby, she chooses life statistically 85% of the time. But it takes money to show these ultrasound images. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. That's why you hear us talking about preborn as we do on this show. And we know a lot of you listening to us have already given to preborn to stop abortions, and we appreciate that. For all the rest of you, this is what I'm asking of you. One-time gift, $280, and your legacy will be that you stopped 10 abortions, that you saved 10 babies' lives. By the way, the moms are accepting Jesus Christ uh, in huge numbers as well. So it's not only her coming to the Lord, it's that baby's life being saved. 280 bucks, 10 babies' lives, what do you say? If you can do more than that, do more. Some do 2,800, save 100 babies' lives. Whatever amount you can afford to do, here's how easy it is. Go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn tab. You can give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give there. 
And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And by the way, if you want to give over the phone, they answer the phones 24-7 right now. You can call in the middle of the night, 833-850-BABY. Call right now and just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. Uh, let's make sure that we spend our money in ways that that honors God. So that brings me then to, and John, if I could come back to you talking about Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, what is the answer then? Okay, you were talking about, you got people, it's, it's not their fault, of course, that their bank happens to pay more attention to drag queens and left-wing causes than they do financial stability, but the bottom line, it does still happen and if a bank goes under, is it really the government's job and the taxpayer's job to step in and bail them out? I don't mean to sound cold-hearted here. And I understand what you're saying about $250,000 today is not that much. Hey, 20 years ago, it was $100,000. It's been up to two fifty. But it does seem that that covers the lion's share of depositors in, in most of these banks uh, isn't the responsibility for the big corporations that have millions or tens of millions of dollars in banks to kind of micromanage those banks and make sure that those banks are being wise and secure in how they operate? And otherwise, if they're not, I'm going to pull my money out of your bank and put it with somebody else who's being smarter. Isn't that how the free market system is supposed to work? It's how it's supposed to work. The problem is we've gotten so large, as you know, as a you know, just as a country and as an economy that. And, and guys, I don't have the answer. This is way above my pay grade. You know, what kind of stipulations do you put behind you know a quote unquote bailout like this? You know, even when it comes to some of the you know customers. I mean, again, it's their money. They've 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 either earned it or they had investors that gave them that money. It's not like you can just ask for you know steal that money from them. You can't do that either. And, you know, is, are we at a point in time to where, and, and you guys know me, I do not want any more regulation, but this is going to drive more regulation. That's In fact, that's my biggest fear in what just happened is you're going to have more interference from the feds mm -hmm. on banking institutions in general. You're going to see a consolidation of banks now. It's already starting to happen. That's another fear that I have. We want competition. We want more right. banks. We want mom and pop banks down the street where maybe they've only got one, two, three branches. We want those folks to be able to be in the banking business. My fear is with what we're doing right now, that may not be possible down the road, Bob. All right. So Roger, what do you think happens with uh, with this? I mean, how, how serious does it end up being? And do you think this is potentially going to be a ripple effect? We've already had, of course, SVB Bank. You know, we, we see them go down. We see Signature go down. Now there's some reports that uh, Credit Suisse is in serious trouble as well. So I don't. does this end up being another 2008 bloodbath? Or what do you think? Well, I don't think it's going to be as bad as 2008 simply because 2008 had so many... Uh, tangible ties into the housing market, whereas this is kind of theoretical for us. I mean, we're having a conversation here, but I know, you know, Silicon Valley Bank in California had branches in LA, San Diego, Irvine, Pasadena, in addition to all the Bay Area ones. And of course, John, there's one in Denver, or there was, or there's one in Massachusetts. I mean, it's kind of a weird how it kind of uh, splinters out there. But Washington Mutual, you know, that type of thing, that was massive, you know, Lehman right. Brothers, that was massive. So I think 
what we're looking at here is, unfortunately, a government bailout for a lot of tech investors who were putting their money in a place like this, who were backing Democrat causes, and they didn't want to see this bank collapse. So they're going to come in and try to prop it up a little bit. They'll benefit because the FDIC is involved, as John Dooley noted. We will wind up paying for it. They won't call it a bailout in the same way that the Affordable Care Act uh, didn't have taxes, but we had processing fees and things like that. I mean, it's Inflation Reduction Act, it, don't forget. There you go. There, oh, let's not forget that one either. I mean, anytime the government, especially the left-leaning government is who's in charge, if it's a Democrat party, they're going to say, yeah, you know, this is, you need to do this for the good of America. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is it will be a bailout. They won't call it a bailout. They're going to try to prop this group up because I think the left doesn't want SVB to fail. They don't want Signature Bank to fail. Barney Frank doesn't want Signature Bank to fail. I mean, you know, quite frankly, mm. they, they want the free money, but ultimately we're going to wind up paying for it. And quite frankly, I'm hoping that this is the type of thing that spurs on a lot of new freedom-loving, faith-based organizations to say, hey, let's start our own. Let's do our own thing and uh, let, let's not be part of that mess of that uh, morass. Let, let's see if it happens. Neil, are, are you thinking this is the sign of bigger problems to gum, or I will say this, in one positive note, with 2008, it seemed like we had a systemic problem in banking where the left was pushing for equity and everybody needs to own a home. So therefore, let's lower the bar and let's let people with a 500 beacon score go ahead and get a loan that they shouldn't be able to get. And let's have balloons after three years. And so the, a system was being set up, an equity system, that to me systemically affected the banking industry. Here, it appears to be more poor management decisions in individual banks. And so that, to me, tells me that maybe it's not going to be as widespread as something like 2008 was. But we're, 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 I'll tell you what, let's let's do this if we could. Because, Neil, I do want to get your take on that, but I'm looking at the clock and I see and, that and we're coming quick, up And real quick, Bob, don't forget the about half. the Fed and all of this, the, you know, the interest rate hikes. Right. Well, that you know, that, that is such an – let's make sure to hit that in the second half, too, because the Fed has been increasing interest rates, of course, uh, to try to combat inflation. How does that – uh, how does S SVB not know that that's what's coming? When All right, we'll, we'll get to that in the second half. Uh, we do want to remind everybody, though, when you listen to this podcast, we appreciate you for, folks supporting our sponsors, okay? Whether it's Dennis Wilson Financial, all right? Whether it's ADF, whether it's Preborn. If you haven't given to Preborn yet, do it now. Go ahead and give them a call at 833-850-BABY and give whatever you can. Remember, $280 will literally stop 10 abortions, save 10 babies' lives through ultrasound images being shown. You pay for the ultrasound images. That's what you do. That's your $280, okay? So uh, CrawfordMediaGroup.net is where you can give online. Go there now and click on the preborn tab, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And, of course, everything you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. We do appreciate you folks doing that. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. The second half of the podcast is coming up. Now, if you're not able to listen to the second half on your regular radio station because maybe they play it at a different time, go to the website of your radio station, look at the program guide, and you can see when the second half is played. Or you can just listen to us online at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate your five-star reviews. And if you want to watch video of us, you can see video of this podcast at myhopenow.com. Second half coming up next. 
Continuing the second half, the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys. Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. We're talking about Silicon Valley Bank and their collapse. And then, of course, Signature Bank in New York and what we make of this. And Neil, I was tossing this over to you before. I wanted to get your take on on how serious you think this is liable to end up being. But then also, some of the poor management decisions that are made here. Because I'll tell you, and that's really what, fortunately, Neil, I do think that this is just bad risk assessment and risk management within the individual banks and not a systemic problem. Because the, the left-wingers at SVB, they should have thought to themselves, okay, wait a minute here. We know that we can't handle high interest rates. That's going to be difficult, especially if we're buying long bonds on the assumption that the rates are going to stay low. Well, when we see inflation going up 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12%, we know that the Fed is going to hike interest rates as a result of that. So the two and a half, three percent interest rate days are gone. We know we're getting into 6, 7%. And so we have to adjust for that long term. I just think they made stupid decisions. That's why I don't really think this is going to be the first couple of dominoes of a widespread thing. But it does, it does still mean that people have to pay attention to the way that they run their businesses, and I think they mismanaged it. Yeah, and I'm not a banking expert. I think John said that earlier. Someone did. Um, I don't know much about how this works. You guys probably are way more versed in this than I am. But I, I get the feeling that it does represent a card in the, uh, in the entire stack. And you build a house of cards, you take one out. One is right. pretty insignificant in a deck of 52 cards, but it could be very significant depending on uh, when and where it's taken out, right? And the whole thing comes down. And I think that's the biggest concern here. Like, we're seeing this kind of thing happen more frequently. How the federal government responds matters. You know, okay, so you don't call it a bailout, but I was reading an article earlier that said that the Federal Reserve obviously stepped in here and uh, employed what's called the Bank Term Funding Program, which is going to offer loans of up to a year, to, you know, to banks and savings institutions, et cetera. And that that's going to help you know, with this problem, and um, and then the uh, the uh, what's it called the BTFP, uh, the Fed is going to backstop that whole thing with a possible twenty five billion from the Exchange Stabilization Fund uh, that came out of the nineteen thirties. So the point is that there's there's money being pumped into the system from somewhere, and and how does that impact the whole economy overall? Do people even understand? Do we know? Is it just lipstick on a pig? Is it smoke and mirrors like? What exactly is happening long term when even, you know, relatively minor uh, situations like this occur? And of course, it's not minor. You're talking about billions of dollars, but you get the point. I mean, this isn't as big as 2008 yet, but where's it headed? And what about investor confidence? And like, what, what does the future look like, given the fact that the people are pulling strings behind the scenes to help stabilize the whole situation and does anybody believe that you can live basically in a debtor economy uh, from personal debt to corporate debt to national debt and that it's not going to implode one day like let's all get dave ramsey on the phone and see what he has to say about this because mm. i i don't want to be a pessimist but i don't think it can last forever so i think yeah. that it's i think it's the first of many failures and god forbid that it happens in our lifetime but i i don't know i think that we're going to see way more of this kind of thing in the days ahead 
Yeah, well, you know what, you're you're probably right, and of course, Neil, one of the things that we we do have to do, and we want to be, we talked about this in the first half as well of the podcast, is we do want to make sure that we're certainly wise stewards with our money. We know that, but we also want to make sure that we support causes that that are God honoring causes. And I know this is something that uh, you've talked about that you talk about yeah. this on podcasts all the time, Alliance Defending Freedom and such. We got to remember that there's organizations like this that we need to be supporting out there. And we appreciate the fact that they support and sponsor this podcast. Yeah. And without them, we can't do this. You know, they are partners with us in this. And so um, our opportunity to you know, sound the alert on situations like we're talking about today or next week when we talk about the China concern and some of those other things, it's all made mm-hmm. possible by our partnerships with groups like Alliance Defending Freedom. And I don't know if you guys heard this one, but um, there's a, uh, the, a young girl named Blake Allen. Her dad, Travis, is also involved in the story. But this a 14-year-old girl in Vermont, one day... Uh, a male student who allegedly identifies as female enters the girl's locker room where she and her teammates on the volleyball team are changing their clothes. Well, they're shocked. They're horrified. You know, what's he doing in here? Um, And when she dares to raise her concerns to school officials, they do nothing, nothing at all to protect the girls. And they suspend her for speaking up. And further, when, you know, she tells some classmates that the guy was, I mean, he was literally a dude, she said. The school accuses her of harassment and bullying, launches an investigation, and not only suspends her, they demand some remedial work that she submit a reflective essay and participate in a so-called restorative circle and meet with the school's equity coordinator to better understand her classmates' preferred gender identity. All of this because she called a male student a male and asked the school for a basic level of safety and privacy. And then her father who, by the way, is a middle school soccer coach, expresses concern about what happened on some kind of a community Facebook forum, noting again that the male student was male and the district suspended him for the rest of the season without pay. So you got Travis Blake, the dad, I'm sorry, Travis and Blake Allen, who's the daughter, um, reaching out to Alliance Defending Freedom to say help. And when they did, the school immediately, I think it scared him, they immediately lifted Blake's suspension and punishment, but Travis, the soccer coach, the father, he remains suspended from coaching. So right now, Alliance Defending Freedom is continuing to fight it. No charge to Travis or his daughter uh, for the right to defend their freedoms and to speak freely about these kinds of things. Why? Because no school or government has the right to punish someone for exercising free speech. Uh, Alliance Defending Freedom defends people just like you and I from these crazy, radical, anti-biblical policies that ignore simple biological realities, like what it means to be male or female. So, you know, let's put a stop to this kind of nonsense. Let's call it out. And I ask you to join me and all of us in helping to defend Blake and Travis and the many others like us who are facing threats to fundamental freedoms. And hey, if we don't support Alliance Defending Freedom, who's going to step in when you and I and our children and our families are punished for simply expressing beliefs? So just here's what you do. Uh, just simply click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner at, at CrawfordMediaGroup.net, or you can call 877-367-6461, and let's protect our God-given rights. Call 877-367-6461 or visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net. But thank God for groups like Alliance Defending Freedom who step in at no cost to any one of us to protect those very basic individual human rights and freedoms.
Absolutely. And as we talk about uh, Silicon Valley Bank and the collapse of this bank and Signature Bank, you know, Roger, one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you as well. Now, this is your backyard, so thanks a lot. You know, this is your fault, we're saying, <laughs> because it's right there in California. Uh, but it also comes up to something that we talked about in the first half of the podcast as well, being wise stewards with our money. And sometimes we just get locked into this paradigm that the only place I can keep my money is in a traditional bank. We're not saying that we don't have money in traditional banks, but isn't it important for us to, if I can use the word, diversify? Uh, we need to be wise about where we keep our money because there are certain places and financial places and investment companies that can make sure to manage your money and manage it well. And I know that's something that's very passionate to you, a friend of yours, but also a friend of ours and sponsor of this show, Dennis Wilson Financial. Yeah, Wilson Financial has been finding alternatives to what we've been talking about, the banking uh, solutions that people often look for. If you've got money that you want to put in what a bank would call a certificate of deposit, kind of a glorified passbook savings account, it sits there and it earns a tiny little bit of interest. But when the bank behind it you know, is saying, hey, wait a minute, we don't have enough assets to cover your deposit. And if you want to take that money out, all of a sudden you go, wait a minute. I mean, what happened? I had a $250,000 certificate of deposit. I thought it was FDIC insured. And now it turns out my bank is going under and being seized by the feds. I mean, you contact Dennis and say, hey, I'd like that same type of flexibility. I'd like that same type of, you know, opportunity to put it in a relatively secure uh, account that's liquid, but is going to not have the volatility. And Dennis says, done. No problem. We've been doing that for 54 years. Um, that's why 800-696-9970 should be in your contacts. That's why the Wilson Financial Banner is at uh, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Because when you want that kind of security, you also want that liquidity. You also want to know that uh, the investment is going to earn a good return, way better than what your traditional bank would do. You don't want to have $250,000 at SVB. You can do a lot better with Wilson Financial. And uh, Dennis is passionate about this, not only uh, from the standpoint of business, of course, but also for kingdom building. You know, I mean, I wonder how many people um, had money that they were planning on giving to charity, you know, make it to Alliance Fitting Freedom or Preborn or something like that. But then you you say, I'm going to go with Silicon Valley Bank because it looks like they're giving a little better interest. And it's this tech sector thing. You know, it's kind of new and and it's 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 not like one of the big banks. It's going to get, you know, government hands all over it. And next thing you know, you wake up one day and you find out, I think, uh, Bob, you and John alluded to this earlier, that the feds fell asleep at the switch on SVB because, my goodness, I mean, first of all, you've got all of the board of directors getting bonuses the week that the bank goes under. Secondly, you've got now this insider trading thing with the president of the bank selling, what was it, $3.6 billion worth of stock. And then the next day, the feds show up and go, hey, you guys still in there? Are you, because we're, we're going we're gonna to investigate. If you don't get rid of that stuff and get rid of those bonus, we're going to investigate. I, we're serious. Hello, hello. And then they show up on Friday, and then by Sunday, it's gone. I mean, basically, it's all taken over by the feds. No one can live with that kind of uncertainty. You know, I mean, there's enough uncertainty in the world right now. And when you have an opportunity to uh, uh, invest in a sure thing, I think we should take it. But not just because we want to be greedy with our money, but rather say, hey, wait a minute, whose money is it? I mean, we're, we're stewards of the resources that God has blessed us with, and uh, we need to be good stewards with that money. Uh, that, that we do. I'm curious, and I know this sounds cynical, all right? I'm going to get overly political here. But I mentioned early on at the beginning of the podcast about Joe Biden and how the Biden administration sprung into action for SVB 
compared to how they dragged their feet with East Palestine, Ohio. Now, I understand it's a different situation. You have a banking issue versus a toxic chemicals and poisoning issue. But if anything else, in East Palestine, Ohio, these are human beings, men, women, and children who their health is is damaged by what's going on there. And I guess, to me, Roger, it it does – I know it's a cynical thing to say, but – I have to wonder why Joe Biden looks at East Palestine, Ohio, and his own Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, the part-time Secretary of Transportation, he waited 10 days before he even made a comment. FEMA spent two weeks going, hey, it's not our job, it's not our responsibility. Joe Biden still has yet to visit there, and I can't help but wonder – does part of the reason that he's responding this way have to do with the fact that East Palestine, Ohio is 98% white and went 71% for Donald Trump in the last election compared to SVB that happens to be overwhelmingly liberal left-wing Democrats, Silicon Valley uh, push, spending billions of dollars for liberal left-wing causes, not to mention the board of directors or a who's who of Hillary Clinton, Obama administration, and Democrat donors. And you know something? They get in trouble. Well, we're Johnny on the spot. A bunch of Trump supporters in MAGA country get in health trouble, and we drag our feet for weeks, and it's not even worth going there. Again, Roger, I know it sounds cynical, but I can't help but wonder if that's not part of what factored into the political priorities of the president. Well, Bob, there you go again, being logical and reasonable and presenting facts. I mean, if you would just steer clear of logic and reasons and facts, this wouldn't be a problem for any of us. <laughs> I know. When will I learn? Well, An- okay, annoy a liberal, use facts and logic. I understand. Exactly. We, we've, we've got the same issue that happened here in the People's Republic just yesterday. We're recording this on uh, Wednesday morning, the 15th. Um, you know that there's, you know, East Palestine, president hasn't been there banking issue the president you know goes on cnn and says well the banks are stable and then everybody parrots you know what he says but you know where president biden was yesterday he was in monterey park california you remember what mm-hmm. happened two months yeah, ago right. in monterey park there was a big gun blast and where did all that shooting take place in a predominantly asian community has nothing to do with the fact that the new york times reported over the weekend that asian american voters are moving away from the democrat party and they're moving toward conservatives and republican values so what does he do two months after the shooting right I mean, i'm not saying that people had forgotten about it but quite frankly I mean, there are other stories that have come and gone, but Neil, you know all about the shooting in Buffalo. We're coming up on one year for Laguna Hills and uh, Mm -hmm. Dr. John Chang and his uh, being literally murdered in a church building where he was trying to defend his mother and several other parishioners there. The the, the timing, I mean, the, 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 just, just the, arrogance of this administration right now just it's ridiculous and oh by the way you know the reason why he's not going to east palestine is because it's all trump's fault that the trains fell off the rails just like it's all trump's fault that the banks are failing i mean you and you get the idea when you have a narrative driven political agenda this is the kind of thing you're going to get so when the big story is i doubt seriously that joe biden held a press conference at any of the silicon valley branches in there's one in pasadena that's right down the street from monterey park but no he has to go and show up and there's a picture of him in the orange county register this morning hugging local leaders healing their broken hearts and their bruised and and oh by the way here's a new executive order on gun control 
I, I know, mean, which has nothing to do with these with mass shootings anyway. Of California course. already has the wish list of all of the gun restriction laws that all of the left wants anyway. Yeah. So I know it's absolutely absurd. I want to get, uh, John, in just a moment, I want to get your take on kind of my cynical view of the priorities here that the administration it just should not be politicized in the way that it is. It appears that that's exactly what we're seeing. John, before I go to you, though, I do want to remind all of our viewers and all of our listeners to this podcast that while we talk about these things, we need to be multitasking, okay? We need to be saving babies' lives, and you can do that tangibly through preborn. Don't forget, if you go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the preborn tab, you can give whatever amount you can give to save babies' lives. Here's the math. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion. This is done through paying for ultrasound images for expectant moms to see pictures of their babies. And when they see pictures of their babies, they choose life almost all the time. And they end up accepting the Lord, too. So we're asking everybody, if you can, give $280 and your legacy will be stopping 10 abortions, saving 10 babies' lives. If you could do more, do more. If you have to do less, do less. And by the way, we need some heavy hitters out there to be willing to buy ultrasound machines. They're $15,000 a piece. Your legacy will be saving thousands and thousands of babies' lives. And every penny that you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. But for everybody else, 280 bucks, 10 babies, what do you say? Go right now, crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab and give right there if you would. And if you wanna give over the phone, they answer the phones 24-7. You can call right now this very minute, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. We do. As we talk about Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank going down, and John, I want to get your take on the politics of this. Something like this should not be politicized, but... Roger is absolutely right, okay? If it does not benefit the Democrats like East Palestine, Ohio, who really cares what's happening to them? But if it benefits the Democrats, hey, let's shore up our support and help our, our crony friends with Silicon Valley Bank. And, oh, wait a second here. We're starting to lose the Asian vote a little bit to the Republicans. Okay, well, then let's resurrect the two-month-old shooting there for some unnecessary, irrelevant uh, new gun restrictions and such. I just find it disgusting, the politicization of all of these things that are happening from the government right now. And I know both sides do this. I get it. But I got to be honest with you, the Democrats seem to be the masters, the ones who have written the book on exploiting something for political purposes and ignoring something that doesn't benefit them, like people suffering in Ohio still. If we were smart on our side of the aisle and our politicians that are running for any kind of office, we would be saying something to the effect of Democrats care more about money than they care about people. Oh, I know. proved it. What a perfect talking point. You're absolutely right. Children drinking poisoned water means less to Democrats than the almighty dollar for their rich gazillionaires. That's right. And, that and we don't, you're right, we don't use those talking points because no, we're stupid. We don't, we don't, we don't know we, marketing. We, you're 100% correct. I talk about it every day. We stink at marketing. And I don't know, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. We, we stink at selling people why they should vote for Republicans. We don't do a good job of that at all. And there's a, there, you know, there's a talking point right there that every Republican conservative politician right now should be using because they just proved it. Right. Neil, Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. 
your thoughts on what John is saying. I think he's absolutely right. We th- this is such a simple soundbite. Democrats are proving they care more about uh, billionaire investors' money than they do women and children drinking poisonous water in East Palestine, Ohio. What what, what a simple soundbite and. We're not doing it. I don't see any Republicans on TV right now making that point. And quite frankly, I didn't make that point until John brought it out. You're, John, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting sucked into the dark side of, of the Republican Party and not realize it. you're absolutely right. Neil, we stink at marketing and branding, don't we? Yeah, and the question, John, is later, will Bob use this on his show? Oh, yeah, I'm stealing it. (laughs) And if if you think you're getting accredited, no, absolutely forget it. There's no no chance in the world you're getting it. Feel free to use it, it, Bob, not a problem. And you know, truthfully, we need more people using it so that we can get that kind of message out. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, it's the truth. And it, the other thing that was said that was is true is that all elected officials use things for their benefit, for re-election and for optics, right? I mean, you want the optics on your side. But nobody does it better than the liberal Democrats. They, they absolutely will twist any situation whatsoever to, to their own gain and for their own benefit. And they've got the media on their side to help accomplish that very thing. So, you know, they got social media working for them, of course, and they've got the mainstream media on their side. Thank God for the National Crawford Roundtable. And, you know, the few conservative voices out there that are speaking sense and reason into these things. Like, like let's pull the camera back and say, why would Joe Biden, two months after a shooting, all of a sudden go to an Asian community in California? Did it finally find some time in his schedule for this kind of thing? Or is there... Is there some reason behind it? And I think you guys have nailed the exact reason why he's showing up in California at this point. But, you know, let's be aware of the fact that that our sensibilities are being manipulated every single day by these kinds of things. And the American people need to be made all the more aware of it. I just pray that, that we won't miss the reality that this is happening right in front of our faces and blatantly in such a way that, you know, we're it's indoctrination is what it is, ultimately. It's, pro, it's propaganda. It's indoctrination, and and we need to see it for that. Right. You know, I, I do wonder if if we put all the shoes on the other foot, and Roger, maybe your thoughts on this. Let's imagine that it's Trump in the White House, and let's imagine East Palestine, Ohio doesn't happen there. Let's imagine that it happens in the inner city of, we'll say, Atlanta or someplace like that that's predominantly black, and you now have families drinking poison water And Donald Trump blows it off. FEMA doesn't even take any action for two weeks. His secretary of transportation, I'm too busy with other things. And Trump completely dismisses it, still has not visited it. However, as soon as a financial institute that happens to be run predominantly by Christians and conservatives and huge Republican Party and Trump donors, they get in financial trouble and he springs into action right away. We know what we'd be hearing. And to John's point, Roger, the the left would absolutely be playing that card. Trump is proving and we're watching before our very eyes that he cares more about the almighty dollar than he does children suffering, especially if those children suffering happen to be Democrat families or people of color. He doesn't care about the poor. He only cares about the rich. Isn't Joe Biden showing right now He's caring about the rich liberals and not the poor conservatives. Well, yeah, absolutely he is. But here's the problem. His constituents don't see it that way. 
I mean, quite frankly, you've got half the nation that believes that everything Joe Biden does is pure and, you know, and, and, and virtuous. And when you have the CNN, MSNBC, Greek chorus in the background singing behind him his praises and everything that's wonderful, yeah, he's going to get a pass. And by the way, I mentioned Monterey Park in Pasadena. It's actually Santa Monica. I don't want people who are driving around Pasadena looking for an SVP branch and saying, <laughs> wait, you said there was on there. It's, it's the closest one is Santa Monica. But the, the, at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. We have to do a better job of messaging conservative values, first and foremost, because the left has teams of people, scores, hundreds, thousands of people who are getting the pictures together, the headlines together, coming up with those things, probably getting John's slogan about caring more about uh, money than people and getting copyrights and trademarks on it. The T-shirts are already done. The signs are already printed. And when they need to go out, I mean, like we saw with uh, uh, the Trump and the uh, immigration issue. There were people protesting at LAX the day after he was inaugurated. He hadn't even come up with the, the slogan yet, if you will. But they had already, you know, the don't say gay stuff is already in the works. So that's the way they're working behind the scenes. But the reality is when you look at what's actually happening, the more we can pull the cover back on whether it's abortion or, you know, the, the legal issues that uh, Alliance Fending Freedom are, are doing battle with, even the banking issues, the more we could just show what's really happening and tell the truth about them. Uh, hopefully the more people's minds will be able to change or at least hearts will be able to convince, hey, there's something wrong with that progressive ideology that you were told was so wonderful. It doesn't work. Right. It really doesn't. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I hope and pray as we all do that this does not end up being a domino effect all across the rest of the country, but it is something that needs to be addressed. We need to acknowledge the, not only the stupid mistakes of banks like SVB and the way that they were operating in Signature Bank, but also the politics of this and how wrong it is for the government to be engaging in the bailout business, but selective bailouts of left-wing crony donors and such. So I think it's right for us to bring this to the table for people. And we do also want to remind you, as you listen to this podcast, continue to support the organizations that support this podcast, Wilson Financial, Alliance Defending Freedom, and yes, of course, Preborn as well. And if you didn't give before, you got a chance to do it right now. Just go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on Preborn, you can give right there. And remember, every penny that you give is going to go to fund ultrasounds, uh, not a penny for overhead. So we need to save babies' lives. Showing ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms causes those moms to choose life. And this is what preborn does, folks, all across the country. They've been doing this for a long time. Tens of thousands of babies' lives saved every year. Thousands and thousands of moms accepting Jesus Christ. But it starts with us. It starts with you. $280, you save 10 babies' lives by paying for those ultrasounds. What do you say, huh? Go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, give right there. And if you want to give over the phone, they answer the phones 24-7. You can call in the middle of the night. Call anytime. Call right now, 833 850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing this. We appreciate you folks supporting our sponsors. And we very much appreciate you listening to this podcast. You can listen to previous episodes at crawfordmediagroup.net or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We thank you for your five-star reviews. We get a lot of them. We very much appreciate that. Also, if you want to watch a video of our podcast. You can do that at myhopenow.com. 
And Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Roger SVB Marsh. And myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to next week. You too, Bob. Have a great day. You bet. We'll see you. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.